You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. You can download the app and join other hosts all across the Locked On Podcast Network to get in on the action. Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. And follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and at Locked On Hornets. We're going to get to some playoff thoughts in the first segment lottery tomorrow we'll discuss that a little bit as well and then even talk more about it tomorrow giving some of the better case scenarios we've done that a little bit but just kind of bring them all together organize them a little more ahead of the lottery but we'll also do what is a duplicate episode in the last two segments to (laughs) us because (laughs) i messed up Google Drive messed up. My computer messed up on Thursday. I'm blaming everyone, including myself. I'm putting myself in that sliver of the pie chart. Yet Google Drive, my computer, they're getting some of the blame as well. It was not fun to text Nada whoopsie after we lost the episode of what was a pretty good show. Just you're going to have to trust us. It was a good show. We're going to try to give you more of a rapid fire version to save our own sanity in the last couple of segments. But the most important thing is we're going to get to the mailbag questions, answer them thoroughly a little bit more quickly, but we are going to get to the mailbag questions. So it's a mailbag Monday. If you like a little or if you like alliteration, here's the thing. If you guys love mailbag Monday that much, Here's the thing. If you guys want it on Mondays, we may be able to do it on Mondays. We may change it. We are a show of the people. (laughs) And more importantly, we need content. So if we want to make all this stuff alliteration and have everything ready to go so that, like, Mailbag Mondays are a thing and after weekend games we get into those. and Like, there's things that we can do. I am here to appease the people, and mainly I'm here to appease, like, our corporate overlords too, though, at the same time. Mm Mm-hmm. You are a good man. You are a good man. You are one for the people. You are one from the sponsors. You are one for the money. Let's get to some playoff reactions, though, last night, Nada, because I think that bears talking about even on a Hornets specific podcast, even though we are going to talk about some of the NBA playoffs. I mean, what happened last night was unbelievable, and I did an extra point for it on 730 the game. Ben Simmons passing up that dunk from the dunker spot. And instead, giving it to Matisse Thibault to get fouled and only hit one free throw, it has shades of Nick Anderson Mm -hmm. to me, Nada. Mm -hmm. It has shades of Nick's allowing Reggie Miller to shoot eight points in eight seconds. It has shades of J.R. Smith forgetting to shoot. Like, I know you have some NBA final stakes attached to some of those, and so I'm not going to put Ben Simmons' blunder up with those instances, but it reminds me of that. I am always going to remember Ben Simmons passing up an open dunk in crunch time in the absolute most pivotal of moments for him and the 76ers and instead deciding, you know what? Trey Young is right there. I'm going to pass it to Thibault instead while Trey Young is in better position to guard him. Like that was unbelievable. And I even saw you tweet accusing Ben Simmons of shaving Look, points. He, again, that. I'm sorry. He looked a little bit like Tony from blue chips. I'm sorry. There, there was a little bit of that. And, and despite <laughs> yeah. all that, And Hornets fans, do not burn me at the stake. I kind of want Ben Simmons on this team next year. 
and that's that's a future conversation. But I like here's my thing about that entire Philly Philly thing, and y'all know how much I hate the process. But when you have a system that you build a team with zero accountability and nothing matters, and you, we're not going to hold guys to much, like you can't be surprised that a guy doesn't want to shoot or doesn't develop the right habits or another guy wins again, scores 28, but has eight turnovers in the process and got ripped by Danilo Gallinari down two. like there's enough blame on all of these sides to, to go around docs substitutions, horrible playing Dwight, like Dwight Howard was just basically unplayable for the last little bit of that series. And what happened? We had, again, he played him. And, like, that was the perfect storm to lose a game seven, to blow up a team. And I hope they do blow it up, and I just hope they send some prop, some of those pieces that are better than others, Ben Simmons, to the, to the Charlotte Hornets way. That's the way I'm looking at it at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, you bring that up. Um, you br- I, I when you tweeted that out that there's a certain team and CH, and then you said lose a signal. I think you were responding to Senor Fantastico, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, one of the loyal listeners. Shout out to him. Uh, I wanted to tweet at you and say I hope the following letters were I N A that Ben Simmons was a difference maker for a team in China because Nada going after him for Charlotte with that kind of contract attached to it. Yes, he can make the team better. But also, as you see, with him having another superstar on the roster, Ben Simmons shooting 34% from the free throw line at that kind of contract, what it might take to give up. I don't know what kind of package it would take to get him now with his value this diminished. It's the lowest that it's ever been, certainly. But still, to give up something of value to go get Ben Simmons and pay that contract where they're not getting out of the second round with Joel and Bede on the roster, man, you know what? I'll pass. You, you would I'll pass. pass. Like, like, I, I don't think you're thinking about this from, like... I don't think when folks say I'll pass, I get the shooting issues that concern you. And again, but at the same time, I do think Ben Simmons is the type to just need that the culture in Philly for so long has been so, so, so toxic that you can fix a lot of them. I'm not saying he'll be a great shooter. I'm not saying he'll be literally. I don't think he'll be one of the best shooters in the world. But do I think you can fix that? To a point where he's functional in a jump shot way and a foul foul shot way? Yes, I do. I think that's fixable. I just look at the rest of the gifts, and I think he's a worthwhile risk to take because he's only 24. And at this point, if you can un... Again, and the best example of this is Terry Rozier. Give this staff a guy like Ben Simmons to work with, someone of Ben Simmons' talent and caliber and I think you can do magic things with him it's going to cost you Terry Rozier at the minimum and probably miles but at the same time with that kind of gifts those kind of physical gifts I'm willing to I'm willing to bet on talent every single time man Ben Simmons has shown you that he hasn't gotten any better whatsoever in Philadelphia and you talk about this toxic culture I get the whole uh, like that just losing all the time can mess with players. I'm not arguing that, 
but also not of there. I mean, there have been multiple reports about even Ben Simmons just not caring himself. Like Joel Embiid cares. I mean, Seth Curry is out here doing good things. Daryl Morey did some good job, uh, did a good job of actually getting the right pieces around a couple of these players like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. But Ben Simmons hadn't gotten better at all, and other players at least can get better with Philadelphia. I mean, you do see that, and I, I just if Ben Simmons is continuing to tell us he refuses to shoot outright, like even verbally reportedly at times that he just doesn't he's not going to shoot it whoo buddy I mean to be paying him 40 million dollars by the end of all of this for one year I mean do you think he's worth that contract because right now I would say no (laughs) I mean look excellent defender right love his love his defense he's a good slasher great playmaker for others but we've got a pretty good playmaker down here as well we don't have the defender that Ben Simmons not a lot of teams do am I willing to pay 35 million on average annually for that no I'm not I'm not going to pay 35 million annually for what is uh, uh, admittedly an outstanding defender that that's the thing for me with Ben Simmons. We can move on. We can talk about Philadelphia a little bit more. We can talk about the NBA playoffs a little more as well. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Get your quality short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests, then add your must-have requirements, so only pay... So you can only pay for applications that meet the requirements that you have in place. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsor job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get to some of your questions coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I do not like the MB2 nickname. That Lame- oh, it's bad. Lamelo, come yeah. on, man. I mean, look, I, I love everything else about you, but the MB times two. How in the world do you not like Airbnb, but you like MB times two? I yeah. it, that's that's bad. We can't allow him to create, and that's the that's the, the reason the rule exists. You can't give yourself your nickname. You can't do that. No, exactly. So, this is as I'm, bad as Kevin Durant wanted to call himself the servant. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. That Philadelphia talk was brought to you by the Road to the Finals Michelob Ultra segment. It's coverage uh, brought to you by Michelob Ultra because it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. So, Nada, you ready to get to some of these questions and answer them once again? Is that is that something that you would like to do? Yes, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it for a second time. Let's do it for a second time. And sometimes, in some um, cases, a yeah. third time, uh, too. That's what we're going to be doing right now. All right. Let's go to Jacob Brood. We answered question once, but you didn't hear it. So we're going to have to do it again. Jacob Brood is a writer for Lonzo Wire. We've referenced his work before. Thank you, Jacob, for writing in a question and uh, good work as always. Quote, what do you guys think of Steven Adams as potential center option? Pelicans might be open to it with a coaching changeover now. Plus, I don't know that he fits well with Zion. Nada, what are you thinking about Steven Adams and possibly going after uh, him as a player and his contract? If If the Hornets wanted a guy that couldn't move his feet and was an outdated center, they would have kept Billy Hernan Gomez, who was also on that New Orleans Pelicans roster. And got Let's get minutes. him back. Yeah. Like, 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 I'm much more willing to go that route than I am 
the Stephen Adams route. There's nothing good about Stephen Adams anymore. I'm sorry. It just, that period of time is done. Period. That's it. No more. Yeah. Um, Stephen Adams is not somebody I'm interested in either. You know, for me, I, I want somebody, he's $17 million a year at, at this point. You know, he just had his $27 million come off of the books this past season, but now we'll be making 17 the next two. I don't think Steven Adams is worth $17 million. I don't want to pay for that. And again, you're giving up something to go get a Steven Adams. Now, maybe they attach something along with it. Uh, maybe that would be enticing. Um, so I, I don't know what they would attach with a Steven Adams contract, maybe to just get off of his books or him off the books entirely. But no, I don't, I don't want to pay that money to Steven Adams because I don't think he fits. I don't, I don't think he fixes the center option. I, I want somebody more mobile than Steven Adams. And if he's not mobile, he, he, Steven Adams is not somebody I'm interested in switching on the perimeter. He's not somebody that is uh, protecting the rim at an extremely high level. He's also not somebody that's shooting from the three point line. He's also not somebody that's a juggernaut down low in the low post block. I just, you know, n- there was a time where Steven Adams was tantalizing. I don't think that's it anymore, especially with the money that he's making. So a- interesting question for sure. Like this is a team that needs a center option. Steven Adams is a bigger name in the NBA at that spot, but I will pass on that as well. All right, Ninja Narwhals, he writes in, if you're the Hornets, would you be willing to go after Jarrett Allen in restricted free agency and send a future first to Cleveland to not match the offer similar to what happened with the Bucks and Malcolm Brogdon? Uh, not I know from last episode. This is something that interests you a little bit more. Not not by much, though, because, right. because here's the thing. I don't like, like, for all the things about Jarrett Allen, I don't like the fact that he's a restricted free agent. Like, what's again? Here's the thing: you let's say you sign him. Okay, cool. You sign him to that offer sheet. You're gonna have to pay at least twenty million dollars. And if that's gonna be the case, if I'm going to pay twenty million dollars, am I paying Jared Allen or am I paying Rashawn Holmes? And we're already on board saying, I'm not. Again, I'm already on record saying I'm not the biggest fan of paying Rashawn Holmes twenty million dollars either. Like. This is the best of two bad options, and the other, and one of those options is going to hold off your money for three days while they wait for you to accept. Like, nah, I'm good. I am really, and especially really good. with this caveat of sending a first round pick to do exactly. so. I mean, so so you're you're sending a first round pick for the quote unquote privilege to pay Jarrett Allen big money to try to pry him away from Cleveland, who is probably going to keep Jared Allen as much as they possibly can. I, at least I, I think so. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen some reports that it, it looks like he'll be seeking something to the tune of Clint Capella money, which is kind of right online with that Steven Adams contract as well. Miles Turner, 17 to 20 million, something like that. And as you point out, if it's restricted free agency and Cleveland wants him, then you are going to have to put a pretty decent offer down for Cleveland to not want to match that. And is it worth it giving up that first rounder, giving up anything and paying a center that much money? Like, look, here's the thing with me. So Nada, you're one for three on wanting to hand out these contracts with Ben Simmons being the only one worth it. And I'm 0 for three. And so for me, like, I don't want to continue to just turn down talent at big money. Like I, I understand that at some point you have to make a move. I just don't think that any of these moves are right for the Hornets. And I don't want to allocate that much money to any of the players, any of the contracts that we've discussed so far, especially at center, you know, for for Ben Simmons, is he going to be a guy that plays alongside a LaMelo ball and 
you know, have because Ben Simmons can't shoot, yeah. right? So, or is Lamelo Ball going to have the basketball taken out of his hands more so, where he'll be somebody that's a spot up shooter? And as much as he's shown that he can shoot, I don't know if he's ever going to be a forty percent catch and shoot guy constantly, or a, a four, you know, a forty percent three point shooter, thirty eight percent three point shooter outright. I mean, he showed some nice flashes of that, but also if Lamelo has the ball in his hands. Ben Simmons isn't posting or he's not setting up on the three point line. Yes, he can cut um, and maybe some other three point guys can open up the block for him. But is Ben Simmons protecting the rim at the level that you want him to? Because essentially, like he'll be a playmaking five, which is tantalizing. But you've already got a pretty good small ball lineup with PJ at the five. And so, you know, that that's the reason for that. But also just a Jared Allen or a Steven Adams. I mean, it's just the money going there. Yeah. Jared Allen is a good player. I like Jared Allen a, a good bit, but paying him $20 million doesn't make much sense to me either. No, it, it's just bad asset management. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, if I'm going to have to spend a premium on assets, Ben Simmons sounds better to me. If I'm going to have to do that, Miles Turner sounds better to me. But for, for Rashawn Holmes, Jared Allen, guys that really don't meet the needle, if all things are even, then... Yo, I'm I'm much more willing to go for a bigger swing to to be in Atlanta because as we're seeing now, once you have your star and to maximize the time you have, you've got to put established guys around them. And I think it's time I'm not sure if it's a year early or now's the right time, but now now'd be a good time to put some more veteran pieces around this team because this team is already very very young. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I agree to put some veteran pieces, but also I, I agree with just not allocating money more so to uh, allocating a ton of money to the center position. All right, let's talk about Built Bar because everybody's got their favorite flavor. They got nine delicious staples, plus they have the occasional limited time flavor. They also have high protein, they're high in fiber, and they're low in sugar, and they're low in calories. The best part about it all is that you can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We'll get through the last couple of questions for today's Monday's mailbag coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. We said it Monday. They lost to the Pips. They didn't lose to Gladys Knight. They lost to the right. Pips. They lost to the backup band. They lost to Steve. Now, granted, depending on the backup band, that this is still an impressive backup band. If it's like Stevie Wonder's backup band, then yeah, it's awesome. But if it's like Kings of of Leon backup band, totally different. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, it's in full swing, and you can track track all the action at Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Head to their website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on. All right, a couple more questions to get to for the mailbag episode today. Senor Fantastico, we just referenced him. He said, Does does Adam Silver consider this season as a success with the injuries? And do you see long-term consequences of this condensed season? Not, I know you have strong thoughts on this. I'll allow you the platform. Yes, the season is a success. Yes, there are long-term concerns, but bills needed to be paid. 
there was no way that there was not going to be a 72-game season because the 72 is the minimum amount of, of games that the NBA needs to trigger a full season payment, which is exactly why this season is a success because they've gotten their bills paid. There's going to be a cap drop, but it's not the catastrophic cap drop that it probably would have been. And again, this season is a success. And then on top of that, you have a whole bunch of new national games with the four four finalists right now that they have. You're going to see more Phoenix games in prime time now on Saturdays in January. You're going to see a lot more Milwaukee. You're going to see some more Atlanta. You're going to see the Clippers. Dude, this is all like... Like, this is all good. I don't understand how people seem to think that this is a massive failure. Because, let me put it this way. I saw Toure, and I've seen other people, like, clown the absolute mess out of, oh, what are the NBA ratings going to be? Walker, I'm, let me put it this way. The, the, the WWE had averages almost, I'm going to say, 1.5 million fans. And has a lower demographic, per again, and and does worse in the eighteen to forty nine graphic where the NBA kills, and they just got a billion dollars over five years. The NHL, which doesn't do the numbers, like if the NBA did the NHL's ratings, there would be massive panic and moralizing and yada yada yada. They just got a partial deal for a billion dollars as well. The ratings do not mean what you think they do. And I would also point out to this, the the, the TV ratings are only a portion of what the NBA cares about, especially the U.S. TV ratings. Things like the NFL don't translate well overseas. Things like, like the NBA has multiple revenue streams that they care about. To assume that the U.S. TV ratings are the primary focus is incredibly myopic at this point do you think ratings talk gets you the most worked up over anything because you know why i hate it it's because because it's bad faith stuff i'm not that's not even a dig i mean well it's it's meant to be somewhat of a joke but also yes i completely understand why like i hate it for that and then i also hate it because under ratings talk we've seen the players being too black as being the reason the ratings are down. We've seen, like, it's the safe harbor for every single bad faith argument about the NBA, point blank period. And that's why mm-hmm. I hate it. I, I Again, it's the angriest because it's basically, you can dog whistle all you want and be like, hey, man, the numbers are the numbers. So I, it, it, when it comes to, like, the NBA and ratings, I get real sensitive about it. And I do my work and I do my work to understand it because a lot of the time people weaponize it in bad faith, like you said. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And people did it with the NFL stuff as well. All right. One more, a couple more questions to get to. We have some more time. Grant wrote in Nada is the NBA coaching trending toward a soccer manager type of model where the coaching position is a constantly revolving door more than ever. It feels like coaches are the scapegoats for incomplete teams and front offices are too quick to let a coach go. I'll answer this one first. I've had you serve it up for me. So I'll try to serve it up for you as well. Yeah. I've always thought that coaches get a ton of the blame for 
a team that sometimes just doesn't have the roster to get the job done, right? Where you also have some guys that are let go from franchises. They have success the next year. And it's the fact that you got rid of the coach that people are tapping that success to. I think of Dwayne Casey when the Toronto Raptors let him go. He goes to coach the Detroit Pistons. Nick Nurse comes in, who is a good X's and O's guy and a, and a good coach. And, you know, by all accounts for sure. But we, <laughs> I mean, are we saying that Toronto would not have won the championship if Dwayne Casey is the head coach with Kawhi Leonard instead of DeMar DeRozan? Just a drastically different type of player and a legitimate star. Yeah. Maybe they don't win the championship, but boy, I'm going to give more credit to Kawhi Leonard being on that team more so than I'm going to give Nick Nurse for being the coach, even if I think Nick Nurse is a really good coach. Like we see this all the time where coaches are let go and it's really the personnel in a lot of those instances. I'm not saying that it's, you know, never the coach's fault. I'm certainly not saying that, but it's just the easiest thing to do, right? To, to fire a coach is way easier than getting rid of all of your players, blowing up a team with a couple of stars on your roster. And it's why, look, Brett Brown, it was awful that he didn't go to Joel Embiid. I think it was like a series against the Celtics last year that I'm thinking of. But for some reason, he just went away from Joel Embiid, and that was stupid. The The crazy rotations that he would put out there, it was pretty dumb. But Nada, we also discussed how Philadelphia was kind of camouflaged by a couple of the really talented pieces that they have, and yet the problems haven't gone away. They, they've had a lot of the same problems, no matter what coach you put at the helm. And that's just the easiest thing to try to fix. So yes, I do think that this has always been true, right? Like I I remember my grandfather who was in coaching, you know, it, my dad would said to him, look, you know, this job means that you get hired to get fired. That's just the way it is. And it really wore on him because, you know, obviously coaches, they feel like they understand the game, but that's just the way it is. You get hired to get fired unless your name is Greg Popovich or Bill Belichick, even in the NFL. And that's just the way it is probably happens at too high of a rate. At this point, like I, I get why Grant feels this way. I also want people to understand that, This is a people person business first. And part of the reason why things like the process will always fail, part of the reason why X's and O's coaches like Nick Bjorkren will fail is because they fail miserably at the people person part. And if that's going to be the case where you consistently fail at getting the people, the people stuff right, then it's never going to work. And that's why I don't necessarily believe that this is one of those things where it's a player like it's a player's league. And I don't think you're going to shuffle guys in. I think the guy like Doc's been around and failed miserably at almost every stop except for Boston. And that's because he had Tibbs. But Doc's failed or blown big leads in all of these, but keeps getting jobs because he's a people person. Dwayne Casey will stay having a job because he's a people person. Alvin Gentry, who's who is out the league right now, but probably will be back in a little bit for a for a rebuilding job because you know why? He's a people person. Stan Van Gundy didn't work out in the last two spots because he stopped listening because he doesn't do the people thing well. Tibbs works because he's a people person. Like, you have to be a player's coach 
and you will stay getting a job here. It's about treating these people, it's like treating these athletes like people. The better you do that, the longer you stay in the league, point blank, period. And that's all true. I don't, I think you get off on a little bit of something different though. If you're, if the goal is to continue to have a revolving door of getting a job, then yeah, being liked by your players is going to serve a huge part of that. But when we discuss, if you're just flat out a good coach, you know, if you're flat out, are you the coach for that roster? Sometimes it's just the roster that is the problem. And now I think you're trying to ask, okay, when the coach is fired, is it justified because you think they've done all they can to and, and go as far and did they go as far as they can under that coach? Yes. Right. And I think that's the kind of question, because sure, I agree with you. You know, Doc Rivers is certainly a player's coach. and He's been tabbed at a million times. I think part of that comes into getting results on the court with your X's and O's. And it's why Paul George called out Doc Rivers last year, despite Doc clearly being a player's guy. You know, Paul George is still here saying, hey, you know, I was doing a whole bunch of pin downs and I can do that, but I feel like I wasn't utilized in the right spot and their relationship changed a little. Now, yeah, you could say that's Paul George for being Paul George, but also, you know, Doc Rivers didn't have that relationship set with him. Right. And apparently there were a couple of other players that felt the same. So it, it can change because the results don't bear out what you're preaching. And then if you lose the locker room like that, you might be the nicest guy in the world. But then if you don't get further into the playoffs as you should, that starts to wane on players. Yeah. And so I think it's kind of an interesting conversation. What's the ratio being nice to players and they forgive you for even some of the X's and O's not working out or, and, and, you know, where's that line, right? The X's and O's have to bear out in order for you to somewhat be a player's coach. But too. You, you can't be a player's coach and bury people behind closed doors. And that's the big yeah. thing that doc allegedly does is that allegedly he's nice in public behind closed doors to some of his media friends, he will bury you. So there's that <laughs> part to it that, and that's the, that's also dealing with people. So like, again, it, it's a, it's, that's honestly a question. Grant's question is one of those where I wish we had a full 30 minutes to go into it. And we, you know, we probably yeah. will have full 30 minutes to go into it at some point this mm -hmm. summer. Yeah, coaching culture, it, it's an interesting its an interesting conversation with the speed in which franchises move on if they don't feel like that particular coach is the guy. Let's mention one more just because the lottery is tomorrow and we can tie this in. If the Hornets did get a top three pick, this is from Eddie Clemens, by the way. Thank you, Eddie, for writing in. If the Hornets did get a top three pick in the 2021 NBA draft, would you rather keep the pick or use that pick and potentially others, players, uh, picks and other players as well, to get a star? He uses Bradley Beal or maybe Carl Anthony Towns as those examples. So, I've turned down Ben Simmons. I've turned down Steven Adams. I've turned down Jarrett Allen with the context provided in those questions. If there was a shot for us to get a 27 year old Bradley Beal or still a young superstar, certainly all-star player on Carl Anthony Towns, if there was a package for us to do that, everyone besides LaMelo Ball would certainly be on the table for those players. I would have no problem doing that. Like at that point, it's worth it, right? Bradley Beal's all NBA. Carl Anthony Towns, at least with his offense for sure, is all NBA level. And then you might even, I mean, maybe you're not in on Carl Anthony Towns. 
Towns and you roll your eyes because his defense isn't great, but <laughs> that offense is unbelievable. Yes, absolutely. You will put together a package to go get those two guys because I think they move the needle a little for this LaMelo ball and presumably you're, I mean, you're keeping other players, you're keeping, you know, you're not giving up everybody to get those guys. You're just giving up a lot of picks. So yeah, you know, of course it all depends on the package to some degree, but in large part with a lot of examples, hell yeah, I would do that. I think this all does become moot though, Nada, because of course, Minnesota and Washington, Washington might do it. Like we just keep waiting on the wizards to start a rebuild, but they just refuse to do it. So maybe maybe we just give up on Washington ever trading Beal and Beal ever demanding out of that organization. Um, but Minnesota certainly ain't trading up cat. No, man. No, I mean, cat's it, too good. I think, I think they would because they would probably have their own top five pick in, the, in that case. I think you could justify building around Anthony Edwards and two, two lottery picks in this draft. I think you could do it, but I like, I would do it. I would do it because this team and this is something I know you disagree with me. This team doesn't need any more young guys. This team needs more established veterans. And we need to start taking advantage of the, the rookie contract LaMelo ball window. So how best do you do that? You put that put veterans around him. You put stars around him that know what they're doing. And I think it's, it's time to start taking that next step. So I would do it. And I wouldn't think twice about either. Yeah. So and, and real interesting, just very quickly. He says top three pick does Eddie <laughs> is this very specific to the third overall pick? You know, how much are you just kind of holding off and saying, okay, if we strike gold again, we get the first or second pick and have a chance where at the very least we walk away with Evan Mobley with the possibility of walking away with Cade Cunningham. Then I mean, yeah. do you just kind of go at it with those two players? Do you believe in those two bona fide prospects enough to just kind of run at it with them. And if you get the third where it's a Jalen green or a Kaminga or Suggs, or whatever, then you feel a lot more comfortable doing that. What do you think? I, 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 uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's where it gets tough because those guys are bona fide, yeah. man. Like that's Cade uh, and Evan Mobley. They're talked about way different than other prospects. And so if you get the first or second overall pick, and if Minnesota is asking for your first or second pick and plenty more for you to get cat, then that's where it becomes yeah. a pretty interesting conversation, right? Like I it, it's, I, I understand you're using that pick to get a player that resembles cat. And so it's like, Hey, if they're offering you the next best thing, which is guaranteed, then sure, go ahead and do it. But also the rookie contract is tantalizing as well with these young guys getting to grow and develop chemistry right off of the bat. Like, I mean that I think that's, that's the harder question. Yeah, no, that is a much harder question. And that's one that, like, thankfully, we don't have to answer because, oh, boy, I wouldn't want to be in either one of those rooms. But I, it's a very hard question. It's a very, very, very hard question because I have a hard time saying no to Cade. I have a hard time saying no to a Mobley. Like, that's mm -hmm. that that's where it is because as much as I love Mobley, big guys do take a little while to defend, to, to develop, and to be a part of it. Like, look at a guy like Onyeka Kongu, a guy we loved looked physically overmatched in in this Phillies series and has looked overmatched in decent swaths of the um of just the NBA season. So like if you're going to get a guy like that, you have to expect the growing pains and do are our fans willing are is the team willing to suffer through those growing pains if he's a part of the team? And that's always a question that you have to ask before you draft anybody like that. 
Yeah. All right. Eight and a half point chance that they do get in the top four, uh, eight, eight and a half percent chance. I should say that they get in the top four, uh, just, um, is about a 1% chance that they get the number one overall pick. Those are the odds. We'll talk plenty about the lottery tomorrow and some of the draft prospects as well. That wraps up this edition of locked on Hornets. Thanks again to built bar and, uh, Spotify green room for supporting the show. And thanks to you guys. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of locked on NBA Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the locked on podcast network. I am saving this as soon as we're done and uploading it immediately. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.